Salam and hello. Welcome to Uproot. My name is Lily Bakala Piper, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in today. On today's show, I have my very own daughter, Sela Piper, and her dear friend, Isabella Bunkers, joining me to talk about menstruation. You may have heard in the news recently that a young girl in Boma, Kenya, committed suicide when her teacher shamed her for getting her period and soiling her clothes, something that has happened to literally every woman I know and to myself countless times. This issue of shame and stigma around menstruation has become pervasive in our society. And when girls don't have access to sanitary pads or proper health education, the problem gets worse. Sela and Bella are here today to talk about a solution that they have been working on for the last four years. Project Imagine is a group of teenage kids here in Nairobi who work on distributing pads and a health curriculum in three schools. They mentor girls and talk about how to use a pad, how to uh, get rid of it, but more importantly, they talk to them about their own power, agency, and self-worth. So today's conversation is going to be about the problem, which is menstruation and the shame and stigma attached to it, but more importantly, it's going to be about some solutions. We're going to join Bella and Sela as they go to one of the schools that they work with in Moranga County, and we're also going to hear from girls at that school about what it means to them to be a young girl and to get their period at this day and age. Please listen to the end. I'd love for you to hear about ways that you can support the effort and get involved with menstrual justice, not only here in Nairobi, but around the world. But until then, I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Sela and Bella of Project Imagine, and then later in the episode with Miriam and Grace from Swanee Primary School in Moranga County. So welcome, Sela and Bella. It's great to have you guys here and to have kind of a formal conversation. We have been talking about periods and menstruation for a long time. I am Sela's mom, so we've talked about it for a really long time, and Bella's honorary auntie, who has known her for several years, and we've had the privilege, um, Kelly, Bella's mom, and I, of supporting as adults the work that you guys are doing as students and young people in Nairobi County and Moranga County here in Kenya. So... This last week, we had some really sad news around menstruation in Kenya, where a young woman um, allegedly committed suicide because of the shame she felt of getting her period and soiling her pants during school. Um, And news reports tell us that her teacher called her dirty, told her to leave class, and then she went home and took her life. And that really, that story, I think, really broke all of our hearts, really humbled us once again about what shame and stigma around a very human, normal, healthy function can do to the psyche of young girls and and even older girls like yourselves who are in their late teens and have thought about this and talked about this for a long time, just how heavy that is. And so let's start by telling us the Project Imagine story and maybe say that you can start, tell us why the idea came to you or how the idea came to you. And Bella, finish the story and tell us, you know, how did you guys get this off the ground and how did you start this really kind of hard conversation around menstruation and young girls? Thank you. Um, So this project started in 2015 when I was 12 years old, I believe. I think Bella was 13 at the time. Um, So it started mainly from, I'll just tell a very quick story. I traveled to Ethiopia with my family and I was visiting um, the city of Godjam where my grandfather is from. Harar. Oh, sorry, Harar, my bad. (laughs) 
um, so we went to Harar and we were traveling outside like the city to a more rural area to visit um, my great great aunt or something like that great 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 aunt or <laughs> That's something right, great, great, yeah. um, in in her home and I got my period while sitting on her like very white very clean handwoven intricate blanket <laughs> and I sat there and you know obviously like I was panicking because you know that familiar feeling you get when you get your period and I was panicking and just hoping that I wouldn't leave a stain on this on this beautiful blanket. Um, and so then by the time we left the house, you know, I told my family, like, I need to use the bathroom. And so I went and kind of crouched behind some bushes somewhere. And, and I saw that, yeah, I had gotten my period, but I didn't have any pads or anything. And neither did my mom, neither did, you know, anyone who was around us. So what we ended up having to do is I just used some some dry leaves from, from the ground and I stuffed them inside my panties and, and you know, just hope for the best until we could, to, could uh, find, find a better way to deal with it. But the main point of that story is just I had never been encountered with any incident where I'd, I'd had to deal with my period in any kind of unconventional way. Up until that point, I'd been very privileged to be able to believe that it is normal to just always have pads, it's normal to, you know, ha not even have to think twice about getting what I needed. Um, and so that really changed my perspective, and that's where the idea for Project Imagine really came from. Like, what if there's more girls who have to deal with it in such a, in a difficult way? Yeah. Thanks, Sayla. Um, so you have that experience, you start to think about that issue. What was the next step in taking it from just an idea, from an uncomfortable situation to an actionable step? So um, from there, I began to do a lot of research to find out, like, is this really, you know, an issue that needs to be addressed? And I found out how many girls across the world, but also in Kenya, where I lived, um, how many girls are having to deal with this period and how much and how many issues it's causing, like um, dropping out of school, teen pregnancy, early mar marriage, all these, all these issues that fall after. And... Um, so I talked to my parents, first of all, I think. I said I had this new idea. What do you guys think of it? And from there, um, I emailed a bunch of my friends, Bella included, to say, I have this idea. I know it kind of sounds weird, but what do you guys think about joining me and, and trying to do something about this issue in Kenya? So Bella, before Sayla has this conversation with you, what was your understanding of menstruation, having your period, kind of... You know, you were 13 at the time you guys had this conversation, but maybe you can also just tell us, yeah, when you got your period, what was that like and what were those initial feelings around menstruation for you? Sure. So um, when I actually first got my period, um, I had been lucky enough to be quite prepared. One with, um, I was in a Girl Scout troop at the time. One, my mom is very open about talking about it. And we, I almost knew it was coming. I knew... Um, the days before I had been feeling some things and my mom was preparing me like, okay, this is, this is your period. It's going to come. It's going to come. And when it came, um, I got it at school and what, what, how old were you? Do you remember? I was, I think I was 12. I was 12. It was the end of sixth grade. Um, and I was at school and lucky enough for me, I had this wonderful pack in my locker where I had panty liners and pads. And I felt honestly very fortunate to have that because I had, um, I was going to public school in Baltimore City at the time, which was um, quite a poor place in and of itself, and I was lucky enough to have this access. And that night, we had my moon party celebration <laughs> where my mom got us a frozen yogurt cake, and we just threw pads around the dining room, and we just had a whole celebration. And I remember my older brother, 
actually, when he saw the event and he knew what was happening, he, he cried. And he cried, and I hadn't cried, and he was just so upset that his little sister was a woman and now um, this next step in her life. But I felt just so loved and so grateful to be around such um, love and support when I first got that. And I know that it's definitely not the same um, in other families, but I felt I, my introduction to my period was definitely something very positive. Wow, I'm really struck by that because I think, yeah, that is not the norm. No. <laughs> Even in families who know about it, understand it, are comfortable talking about it, comfortable talking about their bodies, to actually celebrate this milestone in a young woman's life is, is uh, not a common thing. And what, yeah, what a gift that that was the case for you. Did we do anything for you, Sayla? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> I feel like I gave you a gift or something. Um, yeah, that's you, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, never mind. That's not the point of this, this interview. But so, so, Bella, when Seda shares this idea with you and you guys start to talk about it, what was your impression, I guess, of the broader societal uh, vibe around menstruation? What did you anticipate this project might accomplish? So when I first got that um, amazing email from Sela, I was actually very excited about the prospect, but um, being someone, I, at that point when I was 13, I was entering eighth grade, I was not someone to talk openly about my period because it was still something rather new to me and it was still something that I wasn't sure I could talk about outside of my family, but when I got this email and the um, prospect of this new idea came to my attention, I was extremely excited because I knew that for me, my period was something to be celebrated and I definitely wanted um, other girls to feel the same. And I had known about the stigma in Kenya and I had known about it in East Africa, living there for almost um, five years at the time. And so I was very excited to have the idea and just know that there are other people out there that are willing to talk openly and are willing to be open about something that I think is so beautiful. So you both come from a place where you are able to research and understand the issue intellectually, and we live in Nairobi, Kenya. You guys actually met in Ethiopia, where we all lived previous to Nairobi, so you, we kind of have a long history together. Um, Sela, when you start to dig deeper, though, into the issue and think about the Kenyan context, what are some of the things that maybe struck you initially about the scope of the problem and maybe what you saw as the most immediate challenge that you might face or that you might want to address? Well, um, aside from the research I did myself, my dad actually works in um, in education. He's a, really an expert like in the field, and, and he's been working in Kenyan and Ethiopian education for a long time. So he was one of the first people I really talked to about the issue, because I was like, okay, I have an education expert right here. Like, I can ask him what effect menstruation is having on these outcomes of girls in schools. And he told me that, yeah, it's definitely like a reality for girls to be dropping out at the back end of primary school, which in Kenya, that means the back end of like middle school. So girls are dropping out seventh, eighth grade. And this really struck me because I'm like, I am entering my eighth grade year. You know, what if this was like the end of my education for me right now? And so, yeah, that, that was um, definitely very impactful for me. So um, you might be hearing some background noise. Um, today we're actually having this interview right before we head out to Moranga County, which was the first place that Project Imagine chose to engage in. Um, Project Imagine, I'll just 
give the listeners just a quick idea of what your work involves. Um, Project Imagine goes to two rural schools in Moronga County where they are registered as a community-based organization. So three times a year they go, they distribute pads, but more important than the pads is the health education and the self-empowerment curriculum that they deliver in a peer-to-peer mentorship model. So what that means is that they get there, they talk to the students, they do games, they talk about issues like women are powerful or how to respect your body, um, that you have agency, that you have power. And so they talk also about what's a normal menstruation like? What's the color of the blood look like on your first period? You know, how do you use a pad? They make the kids practice every time um, applying the pad to a, a pair of underwear. And so on top of that, they distribute the pads, but really the critical part is the health education. And um, Zana Africa, one of the organizations working in the field here in Kenya and who's been working a long time, quotes that four out of five girls in Kenya do not have access to health education or sanitary pads. And that is really striking, four out of five. And so Parch Imagine is working to end that in Moranga, and then here in Nairobi has a mentorship program in a urban school doing a similar similar kind of work. So you hear the voices of students as they're arriving here this morning. We're getting ready to go to Moranga County. Sayla, tell me if you can remember what that first trip to Moranga and working with, I think we had maybe 270-ish girls that were engaged that year between six, class six, seven, and eight. Tell me what that first trip was like to Moranga and what you felt before you went, what you felt while you were there, and maybe your impressions as you were leaving. I mean, before we left, we did not know what to expect at all, and it was kind of like, I think, a nervous excitement that we all kind of felt. We're like, okay, this is going to be it's gonna be great, but we don't really know what's happening, right? <laughs> and then we get to the school, and I remember the first thing we did is we all, like, we stood in front of these girls. I think it was all, actually about 200 of them, and and the head teacher came and said, he said, guys, this is Project Imagine. And, and when the girls realized that we were the ones that were going to be talking to them, like kids their own age, they started cheering like super loud and it was, it was really great. I think all of us were kind of taken aback by how much like joy and, and love we experienced just upon arrival there. And definitely our lessons were much more like disorganized and kind of basic than they are now. We've really grown our curriculum over the past years. But that first time it was very much like, you know, just trying to, trying to do our best to connect with them and, and, and portray the message in like a way that was understandable. But I think we all left that place feeling just so full and, and grateful for the opportunity to be able to, to have that interaction. So Bella, you're the, you guys were five on that mm-hmm. first visit. I think we're, you guys are over 40 students yeah. now that are involved, which is, which is awesome. Um, Bella, what do you remember about that first trip? Uh, you know, what did you expect maybe? And then did your expectations, were they different than what you actually experienced? I would have to say that um, the trip definitely exceeded my expectations. I had absolutely no idea what to expect when we were going in. I had no idea how they would respond to our curriculum. Obviously, we were still a little nervous because we hadn't actually spoken about periods this openly before, if, especially in front of a group of girls who wouldn't have never heard that before. And the one thing I remember from this trip is after we packed away the pads, we had all these boxes of pads and we put them in a locked cupboard. The five of us stood back and we looked at this cupboard and we just all gave each other like the longest group hug. And we have the best picture from that moment where we are just all hugging each other and everyone, absolutely every member, so the five of us, all of us were saying, I cannot believe we just did this. And it was so cool to us. Um, I even have chills talking about it now, but... I remember just the love that we felt and we really knew that this was something that we all love to do and that we were all so 
fortunate to be doing. And yeah, so I remember sitting in that classroom or standing rather and just being embraced by these other four members. And I knew that this is exactly where I needed to be at the time. Oh, I love that story because I remember that day too and I get emotional thinking about it because you know the only difference between you and those girls in Maranga and girls in Ethiopia and elsewhere is just where you're born and who you're born to. It's the lottery of birth that determines so much of your life outcomes. You know Whether you get to complete school or how easy it is to complete school, whether or not you go on to tertiary education, I mean it's just so much about where you're born. And so the connections that you started that day and have continued over these last four years, we hope are starting to equalize some of those disparities in that lottery, you know, that girls who now maybe didn't have that education now understand that they are normal, healthy young women who are experiencing something that every woman from the beginning of time has experienced. But we know this issue around the stigma and the shame around menstruation is not an issue of just poor girls. You guys attend a very elite private school here in Kenya. Um, you did in Ethiopia as well and other places that you may have lived. Tell us what some of the conversations are like with your own peers around menstruation and periods. How normal is it? Do kids talk about it? Do boys talk about it? Um, yeah, give me the sense of the vibe of, you know, you guys are both seniors in your senior year, but you've been to, at this school your entire high school career. So, yeah, what do kids talk about? Or do they talk about it? Um, well, it's funny. We just went on a, on a school trip, and I, we actually had a conversation about it very recently. We were talking about a toxic shock syndrome with one of the boys, and he was like just stunned. He was like, are you kidding me? You know, we, and it wasn't me talking to him, but yeah, someone was saying, you know, you have to be really careful about these things because they can have real, you know, dangers for your health. And he's like, just completely taken aback. But anyways, that's kind of a side story. Um, I think I remember personally when I was in sixth grade and um, I went on a school trip for like a, for my choir and um, I had my period and I went to the store to buy pads with my, some of my friends that I was staying with. And um, we saw boys from our school in the store as well. And I remember just being so scared to walk past them, like, with a box of pads. Even though, you know, obviously it's a necessity. Like, we need to have pads. But I was terrified. And I remember, like, one of my friends was like, oh, my gosh. And just took the box of pads from me and just went up and, and, and bought them for me. And I was so grateful to her because I just remember feeling so ashamed. And I think that that's definitely something that you, you kind of learn to deal with as you get older. But definitely, like, even in, in this private uh, school with kids who are very fortunate, it's definitely an issue, and, and the, the shame and the stigma very much exists. Yeah, and so for those of you who don't know, toxic shock syndrome is when you leave a tampon in too long, and it can yeah cause toxicity for your body and cause quite serious health outcomes for a young girl. So it's not just having access to the pads or to tampons, it's how to use them properly or the menstrual cup, whatever it is, and just having that knowledge is not, it's not commonplace, and especially like you mentioned in this case for, for boys. Bella, what's your impression of how kids your age, your peers, your friends, do they talk about it? What are the words they use? Is there a stigma for you and for your peer group? I definitely think that when I first arrived in Kenya, it was not something that we could talk about at ISK. Um, we actually never got a real formal health class, at least when I was here um, in, in middle school when I arrived. And that was something quite interesting to me because in other schools we knew that like, oh, in seventh, eighth grade you do get like this talk and you have like an introduction in fifth grade, but then you do get this talk once you become older. And so it was definitely something shocking because no one was talking about it. And um, we would have swimming class and girls wouldn't be swimming, but girls wouldn't be swimming because, oh, my arm hurts. And it's like, no, <laughs> you're on your period and that's yeah. okay to say. Yeah. But I definitely think with... The presence of Project Imagine in the high school, especially, 
I'd say within the last year, year and a half, there has been a major shift in the way that periods are talked about because Project Imagine is very open about um, all things period. And we even had a period positive week last March. Um, and you can find boys, girls, um, all kids throughout the high school and middle school wearing our period positive bracelets or having our period positive stickers on their water bottles. And I definitely think that um, Project Imagine has made this change in the high school. And now it's not uncommon to hear a girl say, oh, I'm on my period and complain about it, which we don't like to complain about it, but it is more common to hear like, yes, I'm on my period. Um, my stomach hurts so much, but I'm going to deal with it and I'm going to talk about it. And I think that shift is something really amazing to see because we know that we've been making a difference in our own community too. That's awesome. I, um, our youngest daughter, who I don't think would mind me sharing this, uh, when she started her period this summer, she was so excited about it and so celebratory. Do you remember Sayla? <laughs> her brothers were like, woohoo! And I was just like, wow, even in the change from when Sayla got her period to now, I mean, for our family, Project Imagine has made a difference. And just, yeah, talking about it very normally and Sayla quizzing her brothers about what's the difference between a pad and a tampon and, you know, <laughs> just having the language for it. Um, say that w when you think about the future and, you know, maybe coming back to Nairobi in five years, t going back to Moranga where you guys work in two schools, what do you hope will have changed in the next kind of immediate future? What do you hope will, you know, shift in maybe the language or the conversations around menstruation or periods for young girls? I mean, I mean, aside from... Aside from obviously, like you know, we we hope that outcomes will have improved around absenteeism and and um, entrance exams to secondary school. We really also hope that there's more student agency and leadership around these issues. Like we don't want to just be people who who come for a visit and then leave. We want the girls to be able to kind of carry on the message and and for the older girls to be teaching the younger girls and. You know, it's, it's, it's a big hope because it's really hard to be able to instill that kind of confidence. We obviously, we don't think that we can just come a couple times and then all of a sudden the students are going to be like amazing. They're going to be teaching each other. But we hope that, you know, a younger girl will be able to just come to an older girl and say, hey, I started my period. Like, what, what do I do? And that she'll be able to direct her to the right place and that she'll be able to, you know, do something small to help that. And that from there we like grow a period positive culture where it's, it's not something to be ashamed of anymore. Thanks for that. Um, I think you point out something really important, which is that research shows us that for all of the efforts around menstruation, the one thing that will really push the needle on improving girls' outcomes and reducing menstruation as a reason girls stop out of school or drop out of school is neutralizing menstruation, normalizing it, treating it just like we treat puberty, which is still kind of awkward to talk about, but if we can make it even more neutral, like, you know, you're going to grow taller when you get to be 12 and 13. If we say you're going to start menstruating, like, we just normalize it. The research shows that doing that in any culture, in the U.S., where we're kind of all coming out of, or in East Africa, where we're based now, that that normalization of menstruation is really what's going to make a difference. Bella, when you think about the boys, who, uh, Project Imagine has several boys involved, including your own brothers, so today's a bit of an emotional day for your, your mom and me because we're seeing our young daughters who started something and then now their younger brothers who are freshmen in high school are joining the effort. What role do you think boys play in moving that needle and improving these outcomes and in making that difference in maybe these next five years? Like Sayla mentioned, what role do boys have in this problem? I definitely think boys are an instrumental part of this problem because if a boy 
um, especially when you're going through puberty, you care a lot about what boys think and you care a lot about what anyone thinks. But the fact that these boys are in your classes and they're in your school, you care a lot about what they think. So if we can get the boys to also start talking about periods and just understanding that every woman in your life has a period. You're here on this earth because of your mother's period. That's right. We need all these boys and it's just, it would be a dream to have all these boys and have the boys in Project Imagine um, talking about periods so openly. And we are lucky enough to have, uh, we had three original boy members and now we have many, many more. Um, and we are lucky enough to have those boys who do talk openly about periods and they do they are willing to talk to the boys and say, listen, this is so normal and this is something you should respect and you should honor this part of a woman and you shouldn't make fun of them. If they have a splotch of blood on their dress, please like help them or just don't say anything or direct them in the place they need to go. And I think it's um, yeah, instrumental that these boys um, understand just as much as the girls do that this is something completely normal and this is something that needs to be um, taught in every day. Thanks, Bella. Um, last two questions for you. Bella, what have you learned over these four years that you guys have invested in Project Imagine? You'll start your fifth year of work in January 2020. So this started when you guys were young. During that time, you've gone through high school. You're now looking at college and the future. What have you learned in these last four years? Um, I've definitely learned that there is no bond greater than the sisterhood. Because being a girl, I have only brothers, and I love my brothers with all my heart, but there is absolutely nothing in this world like the bond of um, two girls or 500 girls. <laughs> and the fact that Project Imagine has created this outlet and this sisterhood and just this community of girls that are open and willing and for some of these girls, I have no idea what they will do tomorrow, but I know that today they're with me they are going to be my friends today, and today we're going to talk about what makes us a woman and everything that is so beautiful about being a young girl. Whew, tearing up over here. <laughs> Sayla, what have you learned? Um, I don't really want to go after that. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, Bella, you captured it perfectly. Um, I think I've also learned, you know, just... I don't, know, I don't know how to put this well, but I, I, I think what I will carry with me probably is, um, is just the love for, for, for restoring justice. Like you said before, like the way that you don't choose where you're going to be born is just kind of a lottery. And I think that it is all of our work to try and take steps towards, towards equalizing that. And I think that I have realized through this that my calling is that I have to do something to help restore justice. And I think that Project Imagine has really, has really matured me in a way that I think not a lot of people at our age have because we've gotten to see like in a real way how, how we can begin to, to, to you know, make something very small more right in the world that, that is so broken, but you know, slightly more right. You know, I think that's what I've taken with me. Thank you. I'm so proud of both of you guys. Unashamedly proud of you both because, um, yeah, this is a, today is a school holiday. Lots of kids are at the Mara or at the coast or taking a day to hike or just rest and do their homework. And you guys are going to Moronga County to serve your community and to be a part of a sisterhood that restores justice. And so it's a beautiful and important work that you're doing. 
Very last question, I promise now. <laughs> what are things people can do? They can give to Project Imagine, and I'll make sure to mention that in the show. But what are some things people can do in just their everyday life to start this work about menstrual justice? So they, there are lots of organizations that they can give money to, but I want to think about the steps they can take in just their average, ordinary 15-year-old life, if it's a student listening to us, or their parent life, if it's a parent listening, or a teacher who's an educator, maybe in a rural part of another country, and we have friends all over the world who will listen to this. You know, what are some recommendations that you can give to adults, to kids, to community members, to teachers? What can they do around this issue of shame and stigma around menstruation? Well, I definitely want to just um, make it clear once again that this is not a problem that's just in Kenya or East Africa or Africa or poor countries. This is happening everywhere. Um, so first of all, I just want to make it very clear that even if you live in the States, even if you are um, in a very fortunate position, maybe reach out and see if there is someone in your community who needs this access because I'm sure there are people everywhere. Um, however, at like a more familiar level, I would say just start talking about it because the biggest thing we can do is raise this awareness and normalize periods in a way that it starts from when they're young. It talked, if you're a boy, talk to your mom about it. If you're a girl, talk to your brothers about it. Talk to your parents, talk to your friends, because this is something that the only way to actually get over this barrier where periods are seen as something dirty or something um, unclean or something that we can't talk about, the only way to make that go away is to actually talk about um, what it's doing and why we have this and educate girls on the health behind it and what they need to do to keep their body um, safe and clean and healthy because that's the biggest thing we can do for our daughters. Thanks, Bella. Sela, what about you? What are your suggestions for how people can be a part of this work? I mean, I, I would agree 100% with what Bella said and I also think that if you're, if you're a girl in, in, and a student, you can, you can literally do something as small as, as just carry your pad openly when you walk to the bathroom. Like you do not need to hide it in your pocket or, or put it you know, up your sleeve like a lot of us do. Like these days, I consciously will hold my pad out <laughs> as I walk to the bathroom. And I think right that on, right on. the sight, like it, it should be something that we see. It shouldn't be something that is hidden because once we start hiding our pads, we're also hiding you know, ourselves. And I think by, by showing it, we also show like this is who we are and it's not something to be ashamed of. So that's my small, small <laughs> thing that I would encourage people to do. Thank you, Bella and Sela. We got to wrap up because we got to hit the road and head to Maranga. But um, listeners, you're going to hear lots more about how to support Project Imagine in other ways and where you can learn more. You can go to their website, projectimagine.net. Um, they're on Instagram by the same name, Twitter and Facebook. Thank you, girls. So freaking proud of you. Hashtag for the girls. And yeah, let's go. Thanks, girls. <laughs> I love the idea of a sisterhood that restores justice. Thank you so much, Bella and Sela, for your wise words. Well, after our conversation, we hit the road with a group of about 40 teenagers as they traveled the 85 kilometers north of Nairobi to Moranga County. Moranga is where Project Imagine began their work four and a half years ago and continues to this day working with two schools, Swanee Primary and Mount Olive Primary. Project Imagine visits these schools three times a year and visits their third partner school, Salama Primary in Nairobi, twice a month. They focus their distribution and mentorship on class six, seven, and eight girls because research indicates that this is the most critical juncture in a girl's education, the point at which she is most likely to stop out or drop out of her education for many reasons, 
including simply getting her period. On today's visit, they're delivering a lesson entitled, Women Are Powerful. So in just a moment, you'll get to hear from Natasha, another leader in Project Imagine, as she leads the activity with a group of class six girls. After that, you'll hear from class eight students, Miriam and Grace, who share with us a little bit about their experience with their first periods and what they've learned through Project Imagine. At the end, I hope you'll stay tuned so you can hear about ways that you can get involved. But first, let's hear from these amazing young women. I'm going to um, be talking about leadership and being a leader. Um, but first, we're going to start with a small game. Who wants to play a game? I, I, I want to play a game. It's going to be fun, I can promise you. Okay, so what I want you guys to do is to find one partner. One person is going to be the driver and one person is going to be the car. So I'll be the car. Mm -hmm. Who's going to be a car with me? Well, one, one person will be the car and the other person will be the driver. The car here. I'm a car. The car. The car. The 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 car. The The Raise your hands if you are the driver. Okay. Okay, so what's going to happen is the car is going to stand in front of the driver. Like this, and the driver will put her hands on the car's shoulders. So do this. Like this. With your partner. Okay. Okay, let's go. Okay. Careful, careful. Oh my god. She says she's powerful because she carries a lot of books. Okay, yeah, Okay, someone on that side who thinks they're powerful. She can run very fast. Yes. So I want someone on this side, powerful. Yeah. You can work. A lot of work. Do a lot of work. Yes, that is good. Yeah. You can run very fast as well, yes. You see? So we all can be very powerful, right? So she can carry a lot of books, someone can run, someone can do a lot of work. That means that we are all powerful. Right? Repeat after me, I am powerful. Swanee Primary School, which is in Moranga County. This morning, I'm very happy. I have two Class 8 students, Grace and Miriam, and they have agreed to talk to us a little bit about what it's like to be a young girl in Kenya, when you get your period, what you feel, and maybe some of the issues that are on their mind. So Grace, let me start with you. So do you remember the first day you got your period? 
Yeah. Yeah. I was in class seven. Okay, and what did that feel like, and what did you do? I was worried. I did not know what it was like. I was scared. Then I go to my mother. He told me. She told me everything. Then I was just okay. Okay. Yeah. So now, when you get your period, are you able to get sanitary pads? Yes, in this school, it it it, it provides for us sanitary pad. Yeah, I am very happy to have that sanitary pad because it increases our high self-esteem. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Grace. And Miriam, have you already started your period? Yes. Okay. Can you tell us the when you started and what did you feel? I started in class eight term one. When I was in class learning math, I was very disappointed because it is something that it comes immediately and I have not understand. So I took that opportunity that opportunity to go to our hygiene teacher for assistance. Yeah. And was she able to help you? Yes. Madam Emily was able to help me because she she told me that she has sanitary pads and she can show me what how to to use them. So she helped me. Yeah. Now when you get your period, you know, sometimes you're expecting it, sometimes it comes as a surprise. Now when you get your period, how do you feel? I feel very happy because a normal woman must have menstruation. And when you don't have menstruation, you are a man who cannot get children. <laughs> so I am happy because I get my menstruation period. So Project Imagine has been in the school. Have you been a part of some of the Project Imagine lessons? Yes. That Imagine has, has made us very happy because we understand that they provide us so they give teachers and teachers give us. So that makes us, that, that makes us feel very happy. Yes. So you are now class 8 students, so that means you'll be going on to secondary in the future. When class 6 or 7 girls start their period at Swanee, how do you support them? And what are the things that you're telling them about their period? I can provide them very most because I understand that menstrual period. I can help her. Or I can help her to give her, if I had, to give her that part. And if I had not, I tell Madam Emily, our hygiene teacher, or Madam Jerry, to provide her with one. And I saw, he, I saw her to use it. Yes. And Grace, um, yeah. class 6 and class 7 girls, do they have a lot of questions about their period, or even class 5 girls? Do you hear them talking about it? Yes, they come and ask me and... You know, I go to Madame Jerry's and Madame Mary, and I help them. We help them. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the things that you do to help them? I advise them. I show them. I show them how to use the pad, sanitary pad. Yeah. What's some advice you can give to teachers of how to support girls when it comes to menstruation and periods and just growing up, becoming a young woman? What's advice you want to give to teachers? Um, not just in Kenya, but any teacher who might be listening to this show. And that, you know, girls, girls, they understand they are feeling sometimes and they feel comfortable. But some of them, they are, they are not comfortable with this period because they just become with pain. You know, periods 
uh, other girls comes with pain. So they have to tell them not to use other drugs because one day it will come and, you know, yeah. yeah. Okay. Miriam, what's the message you want teachers to know about young women and, and girls in Kenya? First of all, I can thank our hygiene teachers in Swani because they have given us counseling, so many counseling that guide us because I know these teenagers, they can feel sex exchange because of menstruation. Menstruation is a heavier something that can make you be, mostly girls can be pregnant. I can advise those teachers to give their children counseling so, Madam Emily, they have talked about the support that you're giving them to help them understand uh, their bodies and menstruation. Yes. What are some of the positive things that you're seeing around menstruation here at Swanee Primary? The positive thing that we are seeing is that the girls are accepting themselves and that they are really understanding themselves because they already know. The project Imagine has helped us so much that the girls have realized themselves the girls who come from Project Imagine, they talk to them, they advise them, they learn from them. Now they have already known what is menstruation. They don't fear anymore. They usually accept it. And they are good. When, they, when, when a girl first start, has her first menstruation, they don't have any fear. So... You know, the whole country is thinking about this issue of menstruation because of what happened in Beaumont County. And, and even, it's not an issue only in Kenya. It's happening everywhere in the world where girls are embarrassed or feeling ashamed of their period. Teacher, as, as a teacher in this school, what are the things you want young girls to know about menstruation, about their bodies, about their health? What's the message you want to give them? The message that I can give them, first of all, I should... I can give the my fellow teachers mm. countrywide. Uh, they be advising their girls since they are in standard five because some of them are they start their menstruations as early as ten years. Then the pupils know their body changes. With that, it will be easier for them to be able to manage when it comes. And even when they are at home. The parents should also be encouraging their pupils. They should be talking to their pupils about the menstruation periods, how it comes, how it affects the symptoms, every how 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 we should use our pads. They should be provide if there are the government should be be providing pads because we are in some some pads are so remote that some girls or parents can't afford the pads. Yeah. So I think the government should insist on providing a sanitary towels to all government or to all pupils in Kenya so that they can be they can be able to run comfortably and they can be they can feel that they are norm, the, the periods are normal to them. Hmm. Yeah. So Grace and Miriam, before we finish, let me ask you, can you give advice to other class eight girls in Kenya, anywhere in Kenya, who might feel very embarrassed, scared, you, you said anger even, Grace, you can feel that. Can you give them some advice to encourage them about their periods? Yeah, yeah, I can. What, would, what do you want to say to them? That period, uh, period is a normal in life. Yeah, don't worry. It, it must come, yeah. Yeah. and you have to experience it, yeah.
Hi, in sanitary part, they, uh, in you, you have helped us very much because uh, we have high self-esteem and when you have high self-esteem, you cannot kill yourself or be with hunger, you are hungerless, yes, and it has also helped us in hygiene, hygiene. In self-esteem, I can say that these sanitary parts have made our palace not to, to have by 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 sanitary part because you have provided us with yes thank you thank you grace any mary first i can thank this project imagine it has helped us very much because five years ago we have been disappointed because we don't have sanitary baths but the first day you you must you first give us these sanitary parts we were very happy because up to day we don't have any dangerous or opportunities that can lose our self-esteem in class. If you have menstrual period in the class, you call our hygiene teacher and give you a pad. So I can thank this project Imagine because it has provided us with a lot, a lot of parts that help us in our living in the school. And I can thank you so much. Thank you so much, Teacher Emily, Grace, Miriam. I'm so glad to have the chance to talk to you. It's important that we work together on this issue. And so thank you for sharing your experience. We're very proud of you. We can't wait to see what you'll do next. And we wish you all the best on the KCPE exams coming up. <laughs> we know you'll do well. And we thank you so much. Thank you so much, Teacher Emily, Miriam, Grace, Selah, and Bella, for sharing your powerful stories with us today on Uproot. Listeners, now's your chance. Please check out their work at projectimagine.net. That's projectimagine.net. Lots of good stuff on their website. Information, facts, ways you can support, videos, stories. It's worth your time and worth a visit. You can also learn more about Zana Africa and the important work they're doing at zanaafrica.org. And please follow Project Imagine on Facebook and Instagram. It's project.imagine. And you can tweet at them and, and follow their work on Twitter, Project Imagine 5. That's the number five, not the word. Wangari Mathai has always told us you have to keep at it until it becomes rooted. And if anything today, I hope you've learned that there's something that all of us can do to root justice more deeply in our communities and for every single girl. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.